Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a relationship, dating, and sex coach based in Kansas City, and I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy a good conversation about love, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over, and probably also listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. I truly didn't think when this all started, I would be recording a podcast about how to avoid coronavirus if you're out trying to get busy, but here I am. It actually came up today. So I live in Kansas City, Missouri, and today our mayor declared a state of emergency. Any events of a thousand people or more are banned, canceled, whatever. Um, who knows how fucking far this is going to go, but you know, we're going to, we like to party here in Kansas City. It's also known as the Paris of the Plains. So a friend of mine is going to host a party at his office. He works at a co-working space downtown. And I said I was going to be there. And of course he posted, will Kristen be talking better sex stuff in small groups? Come find out. And someone asked, and will she be teaching us how to safely have intercourse with our sick partners? I'm asking for myself in hopes that I made a man with a cough. I like a girl with a good sense of humor. Thank you for that. So I immediately grabbed my stuff and just said, well, time to record a show about that. Let's talk about this in the context of you are trying to prevent transmission of a virus. Okay. Like many other viruses, absolutely. There's ways to avoid that. Okay. So let's start there. Basics, let's talk about condoms. You're not obviously going to go to the CDC's website and be able right now, I Googled it already, to find how to prevent transmitting coronavirus during sex. But let's look at like Zika. Zika was a big thing last year in the Southern United States. Zika could be transmitted during sex. So Let's just start there. You need to be using condoms, whether that's a male condom, a female condom, or dental dams. Yes, you can absolutely catch stuff from oral sex. So blowjobs, that includes using a condom during a blowjob. Oral sex on a female partner, that includes, or um, anal play on a male or female partner, you need to be using a dental dam. I bet very few of you out there have ever even seen a dental dam, and yes, they can be challenging to get at a store. Lots of clinics have them available. You can order them online, certainly. I actually have a few, but you can also make a dental dam. You can actually take a condom, unroll it, cut it with clean scissors, make sure those scissors have been sanitized, and uh, just fold it open and use that as a dental dam. One of the best things you can do to make that feel more pleasurable is to put some lube on you know, the surface underneath, again, whether that's a vulva or an anus, and then put the dental dam over top of it. I would challenge any of you who have never ever used a dental dam, but are currently using condoms for protection during intercourse to give this a try. Bet you'll, both of you might actually find it a lot more pleasurable and you might um, have a little bit more fun while you're, I don't know, just give it, a, give it a shot. Try it for me. Let me know how it goes. There are lots of condom choices out there these days. Keep in mind, most people know 
the lambskin, those do not protect against HIV. They will protect you from most other STIs, but I mean, this is a virus, so I, I can't really say whether or not this would protect you. Latex obviously will. Some people have sensitivities to latex, and there's options out there too for that. I'm a big proponent of skin by Lifestyles. I myself have a latex sensitivity. I despise latex and the smell, but hey, some of y'all don't mind it, and that's what you use. It's fine. Use it. But skin, in my opinion, just is different, feels better, and protects against all forms of STIs. All right, so that's your basic step one is use barrier protection to avoid bodily fluid transfers. Part of the reason that it is so important for everybody to be considering their own personal health and not exposing the general population if you've got a cough or other symptoms of coronavirus is because we need to consider the fact that there's a lot of people out there who are immunocompromised. Some people don't really know what exactly that entails, but again, going to the CDC's website, it's people with weakened immune systems, and that includes people with HIV and AIDS, cancer, and transplant patients who are currently taking immunosuppressive drugs. It can also be people who have like an inherited um, congenital disease that can affect their immune system. Statistics show that about 3.6% of our population is immunocompromised. So, I mean, that, that's a lot. About 1.8% of the population is redheaded. We all know a redhead or two or three or 10. So double that. <laughs> and that's how many people around you in your life cannot afford to be exposed to this virus. I'm a proud ambassador for the LGBT chamber and in an overabundance of caution, they have canceled our big events until further notice. I think that that's actually really good and very important for the LGBT community because there are people amongst us who have HIV and AIDS and are not out about it and that's fine. That's their prerogative. That's totally fine. They don't need to, they don't have to share their status with anybody. That's their business. Um, but what we all have to consider is that we have to be responsible for their health sometimes. We have to make sure that we're properly washing our hands. You know, we do tend to, especially here in the Midwest, we see friends we know, we hug a lot. We need to be more cautious and considerate about um, who that could be affecting. Also, you, you know, you might have a friend that had cancer in the last year. You might not know like where they're at. You gotta be mindful of that stuff. Just be kind, caring, and considerate and think about the people around you who are probably doing everything they possibly can, but you know, they can still get exposed to a lot of things pretty easily. Oh, let's talk about one of my very favorite topics, which is hand washing. Oh my God, how did I not lead with this? If you listen to my show, you've heard me say, wash your fucking hands so many times. It's one of my favorite phrases. Uh, seriously, I whether it's about preventing bacterial vaginosis or yeast infections or transmitting coronavirus to a partner or just to your coworker, like you need to be washing your hands. I love all the memes going around that are showing like you just need to be washing your hands for 20 seconds. You can go to a website and plug in your favorite song and it'll show you how far into the song you need to sing so that you know you've got your 20 seconds. I've been happily humming the um, chorus of Raspberry Beret because I love Prince so much. 
and you know you can shake your booty a little bit while you're while you're washing your hands doing that and that's great through the day I do want to also point out that your nails can harbor a lot of bacteria underneath of them and around the edges so try in the morning or at night to brush with a nail brush and get underneath there and make sure they're nice and clean as well also after you get done washing your hands if you're going to play with a partner don't do things like touch light switches uh, touch doorknobs don't pick up your cell phone and start a playlist things like that Ooh, wipe your phone off wipe your phone off every day with a, a Lysol wipe or any bacterial wipe or something like that um, your phone's one of the dirtiest things around so yeah don't wash your hands and then touch your phone and then put it inside a hole of your partners But hey, what if your partner does have a little cough and you're kind of worried about it? Or this could even apply to when one of you has a herpes outbreak or you don't feel like having intercourse. Uh, this could apply to so many situations. Mutual masturbation. I am such a fan of mutual masturbation. I talk about it uh, with clients all the time and friends and have definitely done that with previous partners. But hey, in my opinion, mutual masturbation is the perfect way to be able to sit back, enjoy the show, you both can enjoy yourselves, and you can still maintain the CDC's recommended three feet of distance <laughs> from people. <laughs> so, you know, I think it works. You just kind of, you can lay facing one another, like head to feet, you know? So you're look, you can look in each other's eyes, you can see each other's genitals better. Um, you know, prop, prop yourselves up with pillows, see a little bit better. Um, yeah, it's fun. If you've never done mutual masturbation before, I totally get it. The idea of it can really weird some people out. Just the idea of I'm going to just lay there, let my partner watch me. The thing is, what I recommend with mutual masturbation is yes, there's going to be times where you're going to look over at your partner. Maybe you're, you have extended periods of eye gazing during it, which can also be very sensual, but I really recommend to focus more on your own pleasure. Focus on making it a whole experience. It's not just about getting yourself aroused really fast and getting off quickly. It's about sharing the experience, sharing your experience of rising to an orgasm while your partner happens to watch. Sometimes you'll come together, sometimes you won't. That can be fun too because then uh, the other person can help the other one out or you can just lay back and watch the other one finish, whatever you want to do. You get to decide how it uh, finishes out. You can even do it without orgasm being the goal. Sometimes it's just about enjoying the pleasure, enjoying, you know, the experience and having a good time. Orgasms don't always have to be, you know, sex and sexuality, all of it, it doesn't have to be quite so goal oriented. Just enjoy the ride, enjoy the pleasure, enjoy the experience. While we're on it, can we please just talk about getting tested regularly? If you are not monogamous, you should be getting tested at least once a year minimum. However, these days, I really recommend once a quarter. 
The CDC's recommendations are, in my opinion, a bit outdated because they say that men who have sex with men should get tested quarterly. The thing is, there's a lot of people out there who are bisexual or a lot of people who are curious and who have experimented and maybe haven't gotten tested. Like, the thing is, so many people are, I don't want to say like playing around, but I mean, people are more free to explore. People are having more threesomes. Just the thing is, there's, I think we're at a point, especially for a lot of people under 40, you just got to think about. Not all your partners are going to tell you all of their stories. So just move about the world kind of in a more informed way when it comes to SDIs. So again, I think it's best if you're not in a committed monogamous relationship to get tested quarterly. There's plenty of places in Kansas City, all over the country, any major metropolitan area that does um, either cheap or free STI testing. You can even do at-home test kits these days. There's companies that actually specialize in sending you the test kit and getting your results within a week. These days, there's really no excuse to not be getting tested regularly. And hey, for all of you swingers or poly people out there, this applies to you too. Even when you're ethically non-monogamous, you should be getting tested regularly, depending upon your situation. Most of you know when you have had exposure or your partner has had exposure to new partners. And again, it's not their responsibility to tell you every single thing about them. It's your responsibility to make sure you are practicing safer sex and that you are being tested regularly. Okay, that's enough about how to avoid this stupid fucking coronavirus. Like, okay, I, look, I am taking it seriously because my, my grandmother passed away a couple years ago from flu-related complications, and my grandpa's 92, so of course I'm, I'm worried about him. I'm worried about my friend that, um, actually her show will air soon, that she's coming on to talk about her journey with, with breast cancer. Um, I have a friend with two children under two years old, you know, I worry about her and her babies, and please, folks, don't get hysterical. Stop buying fucking toilet paper. This virus doesn't even make you shit yourself. So stop it. It doesn't make you sneeze or have a like runny nose apparently either. So it's not like toilet paper is a cheaper alternative to tissue paper. Stop it, folks. I got my toilet paper at Costco two months ago, so I'm good. I'm fine. Anyway, be safe. Be careful. Don't get too hysterical about some shit. And just please, please. Wash your hands. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. And check the show notes for stuff we discussed in the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, but visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my not safe for work email list called the Dirty Bird if you want more content about sex and relationships. You can support said content, like my work with this podcast and other forms of media, by visiting listener support with Anchor FM or visit patreon.com to become one of my patrons. Again, check the show notes. I have links for you there. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.